Good morning, people. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome back to the show. This is Ep 505, everybody. This is episode 505 of the Two Dumb Yinzers. Uh, we're back. We're back. We're a little bit healthier than we were the last time you had seen us. <laughs> Somewhat. I got to say, Mike, the last time that uh, we were on, you were a mess. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. And, and what I mean, I went back and I watched the tape. And the whole time you were self-medicating. At one point, you were rubbing Vicks, <laughs> oh, no, Vicks vapor rub Vicks. on your chest. And it wasn't this quick rub. It was this long, drawn-out <laughs> rubbing. It, of was, the, it felt so good. I thought, holy fuck. And, and, I, and I started to, uh, and, I, and I'm watching it. And I, I even time-stamped because I, I wanted to just be able to refer back to it. It's at the 843 mark of the last show. If you want to go back and watch how comical this is. But Mike literally took about a half of the show to, to Vicks vaporize his... Um, his chest which was disturbing as it was as it was but then there was another point he's like taking his medicine then another point i'm pretty sure i seen you stick a thermometer in your asshole at one point i, the, was, I just i just did that for giggles you were like you're like the sideshow I, I couldn't believe all the things that were happening in your little screen that i didn't catch during the show when it was going on i just i you know a lot of times i don't look at you guys um looking about three other things and, and I go back and I watch and I, I'm just, what the fuck was he doing? What is he, what is he, why is he still rubbing his shit? And it went on forever. And did, did you see when I, uh, you know, I took the medicine, I poured it into the bottle cap. So I didn't look like, like yeah, you poured your, from the bottle. You poured your medicine in the bottle cap. I tried, yeah, I didn't want to make it look like I was a degenerate. I was going to drink it right out the bottle. The whole thing was very degenerate. Like I couldn't believe it. Was it. Too. But we are back, everybody. Somewhat back. I can't talk. Ryan's and uh, I am. I, I, you know what? It's kind of spreading to my adenoid area. Everything, you know, the, the whole entire process and everything else yeah. is going on. It's kind of dissipating. But as I woke up this morning, and I, and I got to say, it wasn't until after I got, I got stuck out of the bus stop, I was talking to the neighbor guy. And I'm thinking, man, my, my adenoids are just hurting more and more the longer I stay out here. And I got in and, um, and I, I laid down for about 45 minutes. I thought, geez, oh, man. I think I'm going to say, but you know what? I we we can go get them removed. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, yeah we can no. cut them out. But it, you know, it's just so wild because everybody I talk to, it seems like everyone's saying that this is taking forever to get through and to get over. And when they get over one thing, a whole nother thing comes yeah, up. Yeah, it's a whole and cycle. It, and I, yeah, I'm like on step two of the cycle. I just want to know how long the cycle is. Oh, it's never ending. But um, there you go, everybody. If you like, I said, if you wanted to, if you wanted to go back and uh, check on Monday's show, Mike does the whole time, rub himself, touch himself, and all, and, and all for and for all. But look, there he goes. Oh it's like a, my! It's like when a man puts cologne on, and he got You know, you got to do one of these. That's what Mike does. Look at him. But anyway, that's gonna. This is gonna bring in the viewers. That is definitely going to bring in the. <laughs> I don't know what kind of viewers, but hey, you know. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things before we get started, everybody. I, you know, I, I, I love, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to be, uh, you know, to, to make anybody feel a kind of way, or <laughs> I truly like, and I, and I can say that I love Black History Month. And the reason that I like and love Black History Month is because I, I learn a little bit every year. And I, and I make it a point to try to learn a little bit every year. I, you know, I don't want it to go in vain. I don't want it to go by and say, oh, you know, what the hell? What's this month? Why is it? I, I don't care about that shit. My point being is I learned something yesterday about Black History Month that I never knew. And I, and I want to share with you guys. I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm afraid too. Don't be afraid, young Derpy. I, I learned yesterday... <laughs> The Rosa Parks. Now, of course, everyone remembers Rosa Parks. Yeah. There's a couple of things about this I do want to say first off. I don't know what happened between when Rosa Parks was young and when I was young, but I didn't want to sit anywhere near the front of the bus in any situation on a bus ever in my life. If I get onto a bus, I go straight to the back. I don't want to be bothered by anybody. Apparently, you know, Rosa wanted to be so sure. I don't know what her deal was, but I go straight to the back. If you would make me sit in the front of the bus i would be upset but that's beside the point 
What I learned about Rosa Parks, now, of course, she's the woman that sat on the bus and they made her sit on the back of the bus because she was black. I found this out, guys, yesterday that I never knew. This is a, the new, a new fact. The fact of the year that I learned from this Black History Month, which I, I respect entirely. I want everyone to be very clear. But the one thing that I did learn this year, guys, is Rosa Parks. Look, there's Mike. Look, Mike's putting on his chapstick now. Oh, Mike. How many more? You said you weren't looking. How many things could you apply within the first 10 minutes of a show is what I want to know. (laughs) I've never seen anything like it. And we could, you know, we could be hanging out at the studio talking for an hour. I don't see none of this. We're on the we're on the air for eight minutes and Mike had already put on chapstick he's put on his Vicks vapor I, I want to see what you have in front of you I want to see the whole medicine cabinet but eh, all right so listen stop 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 ruining my story Mike oh I, I can't wait to hear what, what this story is so Rosa Parks this is what I learned from this year's Black History Month again I take a little bit of time every year to try to learn something that I didn't know previously to, to culture myself a little bit and become a better human being when I learned about Rosa Parks yesterday, now, of course, you know, as I said, she there was the bus incident. I, I don't know anybody that doesn't know the story. What I learned about Rosa Parks yesterday, guys, her husband had a car. Her husband had a car. Now, that doesn't make what happened on the bus right or anymore, whatever. But the fact mm-hmm. that her husband had a car could have totally prevented this whole situation from happening. So Rosa Parks was basically, uh, get this, and the reason that Rosa Parks' husband made her take the bus, apparently, because she was sloppy, and he didn't want her in her car. But you don't learn that. And and like a lot of the other things you don't learn throughout history, we get the happy, smiley Indians and pilgrims at Thanksgiving Day in school, and you don't know the real story. But as you dig back and deeper into every story, you learn something out you learn stuff and, and you find out that things, you know, they may have turned out differently had something been, you know, but Rosa Parks' husband had a car. The woman who is most synonymous with the whole bus, uh, you know, her, okay, her the irony. Was, okay, the irony. The irony. The irony. Okay, I was trying to, like, what are you trying to get out? I was like, oh, the irony of this situation. The fact of the matter is she didn't even need to be on the bus. And I'm the like, fact that she guy... ended up. The, like of, the fact that she ended up being that person known through the okay, history the of time. Irony. I'm like, is Ryan like advocating for segregation again? No, no, no. He's pointing out the irony of the situation. No. And, you know, 20 years from now, 100 years from now, 500 years from now, people are going to go back and they talk about this Rosa Parks incident. <clears throat> I wonder how many times they're going to fail to mention that she didn't even totally need to be on the bus. She was only there because she was sloppy. And that's the only thing she was really guilty of was being a sloppy person. And, so, and, so and in Mr. Reality, Parks, her husband is the real hero. Her, her husband definitely played a part. I don't know if he's a hero or what, but yeah, there you have it. If you didn't know okay. this. Okay. I was trying to figure out where this seg- or opening segment was going. Where the hell did I go on camera? There and she certainly had a ride and she fell into this situation. And, and hopefully, the, you know, it would have happened eventually and they could have got it straightened out where it's not an issue and it could have made things fair for everybody but again i i would have liked to know that fact i thought i thought you were gonna say like she wasn't the only woman to do this but they chose her because she was more um from like a pr standpoint she was her more personality dark. was better than the, the other woman who had like a like an arrest record or something. and again know. maybe maybe those things did happen to other people we don't know but it again is, yeah. what i but do like, know the, the whole thing is like that's been the car the irony is is the fact that she didn't even need to be on the bus i would have liked to seen somebody who actually needed to be on the bus have the situation rather than somebody whose husband had a car and didn't let her ride in it because she was sloppy and a messy person you understand what i'm saying i would have liked this to happen more you're you're, you're stuck on this the car i i would have loved for it to be somebody who was poor (laughs) and they had to be on the bus and this would have been way more tragic but the fact of the matter is, her husband had a car. I, I don't know. Something about that just hangs in the... I, I'm having a hard time getting by this, guys. But this is what I learned this year. This is what I, I took my time, my energy to learn about Black history this month. So I hope I hope I helped you out a little bit. Maybe you could be a little bit more cultured and, and bring this up in, in conversation in, in certain times and uh, get the looks of confusion that I'm getting right now from my, from my um, panel. Yeah, because I was expecting this to go this way. Wait, you went this way? Yeah. He had a car. <laughs> I, I lost my voice for this. 
It's barely exciting. I, I don't know. I, I would have rather her been poor. That's who, her... that's that's the woman I was thinking about, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Uh what did he what did he got? He got he uh, he got he got an encyclopedia shit. Yeah, Claudette Colvin. Claudia Calvin did as many months prior to Rosa Parks, did as many months Calvin was pregnant out of wedlock, so they did you know what? I would say that she would be more fitting for this story. And and it's gonna be hard for me to not to bring up this car every time I hear Rosa Parks' name the rest of my life, I gotta say. Lost <laughs> my voice on this segment. This is the best. Maybe you need maybe you need some cough medicine, like drink your cough medicine. Anyway, I might have continue. to go get the uh, oh my god. So there you go. There you go, everybody. We learn here. This is what we do. Pittsburgh Penguins back in action last night, guys. Uh, Mike, this Penguins team is in trouble. <laughs> I didn't think they were in this kind of trouble, but this Islanders team, who who uh, in the past we dominate pretty regularly. This season, earlier this year, we beat this team. The Islanders come to town. They beat the Penguins 5-4 to four in overtime. Penguins dropped 24-21-8, while the Islanders <clears throat> are now 23-18-14. The Penguins are the fifth worst team in the Eastern Conference. They're in second to last place in the Metropolitan, only only ahead of Columbus. They have the Canadians coming to town tomorrow night. The Canadians come in with a 22-25 and 8 record. That game's at 7 o'clock. Mike, this Pittsburgh Penguin team is in big trouble. And I can't, you know, and the things we talked about, the coaching, the um, power play, at the end of the day, you still have this team full of Hall of Famers, and you just can't win hockey games. No, something no. has got to give. I, I don't know if I've ever. I, I this is something that you very rarely see. I, I mean, yeah, uh, outside of Crosby and Gensel, mm-hmm. and Gensel's hurt right now. Everyone else is well. You can throw maybe throw Jari in there as well because he's leading the league in shutouts. You know, Crosby, Gensel, and Jari are, are blameless. Everyone else, you're like, come on, do something, Carlson. He gave you all this money. How about you play a little bit more consistently? Malkin, yeah, yeah, you're getting up there in age. But look at Sid. Sid's up there in age, and he's still almost on a 100-point pace, you know, season. You want to talk about coaching. You start the overtime. Well, let's take a look down at my bench. Who I got? Crosby? Nah, 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 nah. Give me a get. I would he throw it like Lars Eller or some shit like that. Who he? No. It's a disjointed mess right now from top to bottom. Like I said, you have a handful of players that, you know, are blameless or limited blame. And then everyone else, you just, you just shit on because they, they, they're playing terribly. They just need to trade them off. Uh, say, I want to yeah, say soft. They, they soft. I do want to say on the board, good morning to Chris and Brian as well. Good morning, guys. Uh, yeah, this Pittsburgh Penguin team—they're they're having a really difficult time. They—they they, they did make it back in, guys. They got back into the into the game last night. They managed to get a point out of this by going to overtime. But yeah, it, that's it, it's really bad. And uh, just let me continue with some numbers. Eller, O'Connor, mm-hmm. Pustin, and, and Pedersen all had goals for the Penguins last night. Um, Mike. <sighs> So, so after the, the loss the other right. day, the, okay. So after the loss yeah. the other day, after the big Yager game, yep. uh, there's going to be changes to be made. And you and you said the following day, you said there's not really many changes that can be made at this point. And and you're kind of seeing that in a way because what can you actually do? Yeah, you, yeah. you you have a lot of the pieces that you need in place. Outside of that, what are you going to do, Mike? Anything short of of getting rid of this coach, trying to come in with a whole new. Uh, a whole new mentality, yeah. which happens in the past. Look at a, a lot uh, of these yeah. Stanley Cup winning teams that Pittsburgh had. They're all pretty much first-time coaches. They come in off of another man's firing, and they do well, and they win Stanley Cup. We've seen it many times, I think almost every time, for the Pittsburgh like it, Penguins. Yeah. And, uh, and, Mike, is there anything short of firing Mike Solomon at this point? And if that's the only thing that we could really do, what's taken us this long to do that? And, and is there any other things that he may be considering that you would know about that would be that would fall under this changes that are going to be made and need to be made. He, he Sullivan just signed a like a big contract extension with the uh, the new ownership, you know, the new ownership group had you know Fedway there. So I don't know. Maybe they're telling Dubas you you can't trade Sullivan, so you might as well wait till the trade deadline to 
to do something. And, you know, right now with the lineup, you're, you're just, you know, rearranging the deck chairs of the Titanic at this point, you know? Yeah, the line combinations are what they are. A little tweak here, a little tweak there. But power play, you know, just keep Malkin off that top unit because he's a liability anymore. And you might as well just put Carlson on the tank at points, you know, which, you know, we give up shorthanded goals anyway. So might as well just have those two out there. But you, you're not going to trade a Malkin, Latang. They, they have like no trade clause, no movement clause. Carter's stuck. He has no movement clause. You're looking at um, trading again, so he's going to give you the most value back, but what can you get at this point, especially now that he's hurt and he's going to be a rental player for a team? But, you know, they, they got to commit to either winning with this core one more time and trying to acquire talent, keep kicking the can down the road of, like, draft picks and all that, or what I'm in favor of, just start slowly tearing it down. And you know, build for the future. And if Sid wants to leave after his contract's up, I I have no problem with that. Let him play out his final year in Pittsburgh. And if he wants to go play with Nathan McKinnon, let him go. But like I honestly believe that by keeping him around and putting asses in his seats because people want to come out to see Crosby, Gino, Latang, for that matter, I think is more important for the Penguins. To, in their quest to sell tickets and put asses yeah. in seats than it does to actually get rid of these guys and attempt to make a better team. If you get rid of these guys, bring in a whole bunch of other guys, and those guys don't succeed, then you lose the luxury of selling tickets yeah. because people want to come out to see those those three guys play hockey. So it almost seems counterproductive to me to actually try to start to rebuild this team in, in that particular way. This is almost going to be like, in my opinion, you got to kind of wait till these guys – finish out yeah. their career yeah, and then has, start to rebuild this team again. Yeah, Malkin, he, you know, he has a full no movement clause, so, and he's signed till, I think, what, 2026? So he's here no matter what, unless, I, I don't know, don't quote me on this, because I'm not 100% sure if you can go to a player who has a full no movement and go, hey, are you willing to waive it or not? I don't know if it's an ironclad thing. I know the team kick is trade you, but I, I'm not sure if they can go to him. But at this point, I think Malcolm will be like, no, I'm, I'm staying here. You know, I think Latang also has a no movement clause. And I forget how long his is until they might be for another two years as well. So oh, it, he, those guys aren't going anywhere. So that's why it's like, you know, you got to look at someone like um, Gensel has to be moved. This, this is last year. Someone like a Brian Rust. Um, and in well, my maybe opinion, Mike, Pedersen, maybe even forward, a, a Jari keeping a guy point. like Gensel would be more beneficial for building a team moving forward than the salary cap. Well, that into, than keeping these Hall of Famers around again wouldn't it make more sense to go younger, go for talent, go for uh, you know somebody with the energy, the young, the, the youth that this, this team's been talking about over the past five years, instead of keeping the Hall of Famers who might be weighing things down a little bit. It, 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 it almost seems like this situation that the Penguins are in, it's it's a, a case of chasing your tail, and maybe, just maybe, you might catch some luck along the way and win some hockey games. But I, I got to tell you, this team looks worse off than they did last year. This is after you add Eric Carlson. This is after you you yeah. add younger legs Riley to your Smith. bottom six. This is after you get, yeah. you know, you, you, you kick Casey DeSmith to the curb. You, you know, you have all these things that kind of go your way and that you, you want to move, use to move forward with, uh, but Mike, it, we appear to be in a worse situation than we were th at this point last year. Yeah, uh, all the way down to the last weekend of the season, we needed to win one or two games. We couldn't do we that. Couldn't we didn't make the that. playoffs. As I said, Mike, we're sitting in, in the second to bottom spot in the Metropolitan. We're sitting as the fifth worst team in the Eastern Conference overall. This to me doesn't seem like anything is, is going to get fixed by keeping what no. it is that they have. I, I just don't I don't I, I and I let me go to I want to say first I want to say good morning to Ralph on the board. Also I want to uh, address Chris. Yeah, Chris nice said moment. this, Mike. I want to ask you this question from yeah. Chris. You guys think that we're looking at a uh, com coming era where the Pirates are actually the best pro team in town? I realize that's probably more of. So do you think, Mike, with what's going on with the Steelers, where they have a they seem like they're running in place trying to fix their problem. The Penguins seem like they're chasing their tail trying to fix their problems. Can the Pirates be, Mike? Can we go be going through an era where the Pirates are going to be the team in Pittsburgh? Because let me say this: if you add one or two arms to that rotation, this Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh Pirate team isn't a cellar dweller. Um, 
Steelers did just make the playoffs. So let's put that out there. They made the playoffs. Pirates lost what 100 games last year. Well, so, I think what I think Chris is talking about moving yeah, forward. Moving forward, moving forward. Uh, I think the Steelers are still in a better position than the Pirates. Uh, especially an article just came out in the Athletic that talked, you know, oh my God, talking about two uh, former players and current players and former members of the organization how that organization was ran. I'm only halfway through this article, and it's like an indictment of this team of how bad it's ran. And right now, we haven't even added anyone really in free agencies to that pitching staff. We're waiting to the bitter end, and so I, I don't see it. I don't see this Pirate team. Now's the time for them to do it. Spend the money. Become the, the big team in town. Yes, we're always going to be a Steeler town, but you see what happens when the Pirates win, when the Penguins win, the town comes out and support. That would be the time for the Pirates to capitalize on this, spend more money, but that won't happen. Because they um, are they have a nice little I roster. They have a nice back end of that bullpen, you know. You're, Possibly one you, of the best back you ends. get You get into the seventh inning, you're it, with a lead, you theoretically should win. Yeah. With Bednar, Holderman, and um, Chapman. Uh, I mean, we, we can argue about how good the Steelers are. Again, I think we're going to, uh, you know, get, get a real feel next year. I, I think yeah. this year pretty much mirrored last year. Once we get in this third season, once we see what they really ultimately decide yeah. they want to do a quarterback. And again, if you watch this show, you know where we stand, where I stand, struggling with the quarterback. You need you to have need that, that franchise guy. guy if you want to do anything in the NFL. <laughs> Don't uh don't look at you know don't listen to me go and look at just you know teams have been to the Super Bowl over the past twenty seasons, so uh, you know it's going to come down to what they do. But ultimately, I think what what Chris is saying is uh, you know the 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 Pirates or I'm sorry the Steelers and the Penguins they are just kind of caught in place, Mike. They're running in place, yeah. and it seems you know if the mm-hmm. Pirates could somehow have a decent year, which you know I, who knows who knows what they're going to yeah. do. Like, but the Pirates are built in that way. They've lost for so long. They have so many high draft picks. They should be hitting on them, should be developing the them. But yeah, almost... you should eventually get to that point. But that article I'm reading is about the the old school and new school philosophy of how they're developing players. They're trying to use both and they're not integrating them well into the development. You know, you had to have, um, who's our third baseman? Brian Hayes. He had to go off reservation when he was hurt to go find, you know, meet up with his own hitting coach. Who was down in you know working for the Pirates in the minor leagues? He had to skirt around the the major league getting coach, and that that guy ended up getting fired once the team found out about it. So there's a lot of dis you know, like in, in football, a lot you of need a, you need disruptions inside that organization. In baseball, the you need your starting pitching. What is it that you need in in hockey to guarantee your team to have a good uh, to have success? Goal again, tending. we always again we always say. Mm-hmm. Do you think? I mean, because as far as our goaltending goes, we lead the league in shutouts. Where are we going wrong? Well, like? goal scoring, goal scoring. We can't buy a goal outside yeah. of outside of Crosby and um and Gensel. You you can't score right now. Yeah, consistently, you know. So so with that theory being talked about, you need your starting pitching in baseball to win. You need your quarterback in football to win. Yeah. What does the Penguins add to this team? to get those wheels in motion oh my god they need it's hard to just say one thing with that team because my god they need they need depth scoring they need penalty kill they need a power play (laughs) they they need a they need a lot i don't think there's like one guy or one position you can say we're gonna go upgrade this but maybe god if Kensel's able to come back this season and still play for the penguins and they make a run want to make a run i get a winger for i'm looking for something to add to um Malcolm's line. Maybe to help uplift his game so get him back rolling the way he was playing last year. A person <laughs> writing on paper a power play uh team that would write Eric Carlson, Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel, Gina Malkin. Uh inter switchable with uh yeah. Tang. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Why does this not even make sense? I, I think on paper, this might be one of the strongest power plays per se by yeah. talent, talent in the yeah. league. Yeah. Yet they are one of the worst power play team. I, I, it makes no sense. That's, uh, that's what I think people are confused by what's, yeah. what's going on. 
it was like scheme. Like they they've run the same power play forever. It feels like. And I mean, yeah, he's smart it, it, guys. Like, they, like you know, they haven't replaced Hornquist, like uh, Chris said, and they've been trying to do it with Gensel. Bless his heart, little dude goes up there, but he he's no Patrick Hornquist. Um, yeah. I, and two, man, like I think Yager pointed this out when he was on the telecast the other night. He said on that power play, he's like they almost respect each other too much, where you exactly. have to be like, no, I'm I'm shooting, <laughs> I'm going for goal right now. I'm going to get the goal. I, you know what, guys. Thank you very much. I'm gripping it and I'm gripping it. It's like, and they want to make that pretty play. They want to make that cross crease, bang bang play to the back of the net that's worked five times in the past twenty years. And that's what I'm saying. These aren't dumb guys. No, I, I don't like they're sitting their way. I don't and, take Crosby as a dumb guy. I don't take uh, Latang as a dumb guy. No. But yet these are hockey players, and they can't figure this out. This yeah. is, they can't figure out that this is a problem and why they are yeah. one of the okay. worst. Power play teams, and, Mike? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I know they took Malkin off the top unit because he was just a complete liability, and he should be off the top unit. He should be. I, I like. I don't even know who to put out there other than like Crosby, Carlson. Since the tags out, I don't know. Hell, fuck. Throw Rust out there. Throw Raquel out there. See what happens. Yeah. Throw a fourth liner out there. See what happens. You know, at at this point, you know, throw anything at the dartboard to see see what works because nothing's working right now so if what you're doing now is not working any any change is better than the status quo because it can't get any worse yeah it's not good no it's uh, and not. again as as uh they improve their team they bring in another hall of famer future hall of famer they bring in young legs on the bottom six I just don't understand why this team gets keeps getting worse. I I just Mike, it's very difficult to yeah. watch these guys right now. You, but again, talk yeah. about wasting someone's you're wasting another you know, MVP season from Crosby. Yeah, yeah. Mike, these guys are uh, forty five. Let me think 50, 53 games into the season. There's not there's thirty games left. Yeah, you are who you are at this point. <laughs> Does this team miss the playoffs another two years yeah, in a row? Yes. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. How rough? How rough is that? Jeez, oh man! That's, this is uh, um, getting into like the like the two thousands time, boys. But that uh, led to great times. So I did, you know, I did. You have to uh, in, in sports with drafts and salary cap, you have to enjoy the highs and and just swallow the lows, and then because you because you hope you hope that you know Dubas say if he. he does navigate this rebuild and we do miss up the playoffs get a nice high draft pick okay that's not going to help immediately but it's going to help a few years down the line and lay that foundation for well something else i can say these about guys Dubois. retire the next wave is there you know people are going to go on about how he improved the toronto team well toronto when you're when you stink <laughs> When, listen, it's well, two different stories. Had Austin Matthews there under a nice contract. You did, you did have Austin Matthews, but you know, here's the thing: when a team stinks, sometimes all you have to do is get better to look like to look like a genius. And when you're at the bottom, sometimes the only way to go is up. And I'm not convinced that you know, dealing with the Pittsburgh Penguin organization and dealing with the Toronto Maple Leafs organization are the same mm-hmm. boat. You're not in the same boat. You're, 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 it's two different stories, two different kind of franchises. So to think that he could come in where the Penguins are and take them to higher places is different than saying what he did with with Austin and with uh, what's going on in Toronto, Which making them a better team. Nice team. I just I, that's where I'm having trouble. I uh, again, it's early. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to throw this guy to the wolves just yet. But isn't it a little bit of a different game, Mike, when well, you're trying to then... improve the Penguins and when you're trying to improve a team that, as I said, when you're at the bottom, the only way to go is up. Well, and too, and uh, Toronto. like the the roster that he inherited here from Hextall, some of those bad contracts he inherited, because he made some bad signings this off season too, as well. But he, you're kind of stuck in a rock and a hard place with what you were given, and then you know, more or less ordered to re-sign Latang and Malkin. That's what you know, you know, the Fenway Group wanted. So that's what you do. You know, when they when the ownership group says, Hey, we're gonna keep these guys around because we bought this team for this reason, you gotta work within that structure. And he's kind of like trying to rebuild and put out a contender all you know with one hand time behind his back. So we will see. We'll wait and see. I you know, I'm I'm not gonna 
give up on a GM after one year. No, and, 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 and that's foolish. And that wouldn't Gotta be fair to do. I agree. Yeah. Um, let's, let's let's spread a little sunshine on these penguins. Uh, Eric Carlson, he in fact the other day reached 800 points in his career, Mike. That was the ninth fastest ever by a defenseman to do it in the NHL. He did it in just 973 games. Um, well done. Congratulations. Do, do, do you like that move? You like having Carlson here? Is is this something that um that you could I look back in hindsight? Impact. I thought it'd be more impactful. I thought I thought he'd help the power play mm-hmm. a whole hell of a lot more. Yeah. But you know, I don't know. He's had some quotes, like you know, he was like, "Yeah, I know what the reason is," but you know, doesn't want to say it because he, he don't want to throw a coach under under the bus. He don't want to throw a teammate under the bus. So, I know he's a little frustrated, but I I, I like the move, but I wish it was just be more impactful. And that's what I'm saying. You know, at this point, you could employ a whole a whole roster of all-stars and future hall yeah. of famers but it just doesn't seem like the, you know the way what the penguins are doing is going to work no it's not we're we're you know mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to maximize that window but i that window was slammed shut right after i i think two years after the last cup i think that's when the window was actually officially done on the team um i i'm a, i'm a big firm believer because like i said it seems like every single team that the penguins took and won the stanley cup with was off of the firing of a coach yeah michelle Terrian goes and loses in 08 <laughs> they come back next year uh about was it balsma they win um and then even all the way up to mike sullivan you know yeah. there was so and, and all the way back to the 90s it, it was badger bob and then after he passed away then scotty bowman so yeah. just maybe mike maybe this is uh something uh, you know that I, I have no explanation for but maybe going and, and canning mike sullivan may be the answer and and seeing but what do you think? I, I think i think mike sullivan is on the uh, mike tomlin program right now gonna be okay. coaching the penguins for as long as he wants all right until until uh crosby malcolm and latang are gone all right there you have it everybody that is the pittsburgh penguins they are back in action tomorrow they'll be hosting the montreal canadians canadians come to town for the seven o'clock game with a 22-25 and 8 record, Mike, this is not a good hockey team. The Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, your prediction off the top, do they beat Montreal tomorrow? I want to say yes. I really, really want to say yes. But the way they've been playing, I think it's going to be a tough one. Right. I think there it's going to be an overtime loss again. Oh, Darby going with the overtime loss. Derby was Derby was following us closely. I was at work last night, uh, busy doing a bunch of things, and he was kind of keeping me updated. And he was like, "The Penguins are they're going to win. The Penguins are going to lose. The Penguins are this." So <laughs> Derby is very Derby's living and dying with the Penguins right now. Uh, yes, Derp Derby is invested in this hockey team. And uh, Derby, what do you think tomorrow prediction? They, uh, overtime, they overtime loss. Overtime loss. Overtime loss. Yep. All right, guys, let's move on. Pitt Panthers they lay a big egg last night. They come in and they were one of the hottest teams in the nation. Actually, uh, they 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 beat Virginia Tech, knocked, or Virginia. I'm sorry, breaking their 23 game home winning streak. They beat North Carolina. I'm sorry, Duke a couple weeks back. This team is looking great. They play Wake Forest last night in a game to maybe fine tune for that final stretch going into the postseason. And they not only get beat, Mike, they get beat 91 to 58 Dang. by Wake Forest. Wake yeah. Forest like. Pitt is 17 and 9 overall. Hinton only scores 10 points. Uh, this team is so schizophrenic, but yeah. I gotta say, I'm not surprised because even as, as good as they were last year, this was the kind of team they had last year under Jeff mm-hmm. Cable. This just kind of seems to be the um the, the, the way it is with yeah. this Pitt Panther basketball team. Do mm-hmm. I think they can make a little noise in the tournament if they if they in fact make it? I think they can make a little noise, but I'm gonna really stress the uh the word little. I think they could maybe win a game or two, but um I what do you think, Mike Pitt? Right now, because they were they needed to win this game to help them get into the tournament, and now it's going to be they're going to claw their way back. Yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah. if you follow like on ESPN, the uh, guy who does it, but he does the bracketology, and mm-hmm. I think he had like Pitt like just outside of being just outside, you know. Yeah, so they they're going to have to win out and hope for some upsets along the way. I but think I, that, I think uh, they could win. You win a, I think they win at least two games. 
if they make the tournament, depending on how the brackets shake out. I could see them winning the first round like they did last year. I could see them yeah. running into that team in the second round that you think to yourself, oh, we should probably should beat these teams. Beat them and then get destroyed. Oh, a Wichita State and Iowa State. Well, one of these squads like this will get not getting knocked out in the second round. Uh, this team, they live by the three. They die by the three. This is something that they need to, uh, yeah. you know, they, they can't live and die by the three because of the fact of the matter is, you're not going to go into the tournament and, and win every game like that. You yep. have to have more than than that. They just don't. They have guys with size, but again, it always comes down to that three-point shot for these Pitt Panthers. They come down to their final five games of the season. After getting leapfrogged last night in the conference, they were directly behind the top three teams, the three ranked teams in the ACC. They get leapfrogged by Wake Forest in that loss to Wake Forest. Their remaining five games of the schedule might look like this. Virginia Tech at home. That game is on Saturday. Then after that, they go to Clemson, then to Boston College, and then they finish up at home with two games, Florida State and NC State. Uh, Mike, it, it's going to be tough to the, for this team to get into the into the, the big tournament. But you know what? On the other hand, I can see them getting into the big tournament. Right now, they're, they're just as much of a, a predict uh, an easy prediction as the Pittsburgh Penguins are in a sense. You just don't know what team you're going to get. You don't know yep. what – what group of guys is going to come out and be productive but this pittsburgh panther basketball team they do have to win some some basketball games here over the next two weeks if they want to in fact get in but that's the thing about these guys i can see them yep. getting hot enough to do it and then get in and again have the same yeah. results they had like last Walter. year right yeah so that's like the only basketball team, you know college basketball team i root for since penn state sucks now Pitt, i give you my heart and this is what you do to me uh, the Virginia Tech comes in Saturday at 5.30 with the Pete. Guys, Virginia Tech comes in with a 15-11 and 11 overall record, a 7-8 and eight record in the conference. So uh, they do need to start Saturday if they plan on making the trip to the big dance anyway. I think if they don't, they can certainly do okay in the NIT. Um, hey, maybe, maybe they win the NIT. Like yeah. They could win it. Pittsburgh Pirates, three days away from their first spring training game, guys. Just three straight days. The Pittsburgh Pirates are back in action. We did kind of include them in our Penguins talk, so I'm not going to get too much into them. However, uh, they do have – I mean, there's talks and rumors always going around. <clears throat> the, the Dodgers now, after picking up a Tawny, have about 19 starting pitchers on this rotation. Do what you got to do. Go out and get a couple starters because, again – if, if, if I'm smart enough to figure this out, and I'm not I'm a really smart guy, but you're going to oh, need starting pitching in baseball. You need your quarterback in football. You know, these guys in the major leagues, the guys that get paid a lot of money to do this, should understand you do need starting pitching. So whether they do that or not is going to really tell us how smart these guys are because you ain't going to go into another season with the rotation that you have expecting anything different than yeah. what happened last year or the year before or the year before. Hey, don't worry. There's a lot of old guys out there that still haven't signed yet. We can. Rich Hill, I think, is still available. Well, Rich Hill <laughs> has his own problems. He's complaining about uniforms and this and that. I, I oh, know. those new uniforms! Oh Come my on. God, you got to take a look at them, bro. They are they are terrible. Oh, they're yeah, they're they're good. awful, and I love them for it. Um, Antonio. All right, here goes. Let's talk oh, about God. what did AI? I've heard. What did he AB. All right. Shh. The uh, big scoring leader in women's college basketball, of course, everyone knows, is Caitlin Clark now after she broke the record over the past weekend. Caitlin Clark from Iowa. Antonio Brown thought that it was necessary after she broke the record to get on Twitter, a.k.a. X, and comment this. Bitch looks like Mel Gibson. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you know, right. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you know, this, I don't know what's do funny, the tweet will. or your delivery. I think it was your delivery that's making I me think laugh. It was the delivery, Mike. Come on. Like, I mean, she does not look like Mel Gibson. <laughs> that's well, first thing she doesn't look like Mel Gibson. I took a, a very serious look after this comment was made and I don't believe she looks anything like Mel Gibson for one for two. What a weird fucked up thing to say about somebody, uh, just in general for one for two. You know, somebody that, that kind of gained a, a really respectable position by her accomplishments over the weekend. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think this really speaks volumes of what we already know about Antonio Brown. There's really no surprise. And is it any surprise that he had said something like this? I think the big surprise is the fact that he said she looked like Mel Gibson. I mean, 
She, Come on. No, I'm, no, she does not look like it makes me laugh for so many different reasons but like why is that your first reaction hey, right right like uh justin fields justin fields unfollows the bears on instagram <laughs> apparently this is something nowadays when you when you unfollow oh. your team that means you don't want to be on your team anymore I, this is like a, a weird coded way of telling your team that you're not interested Justin Fields unfollows the Bears on Instagram. Um, Mike, any validity? Do you think that? Do you think that Justin Fields is is dealt this off season? Do you think? I and the thing is, I mean, getting a good a good quarterback in the draft is certainly not out of the question for this Bears yeah. team. But do you think that they deal Justin Fields this off season? I I think so. Uh, and he also so he started to follow. Kyle Pitts, D. John Robinson, and Drake London, the top three skill position players down there playing them. So and there's that. Um, apparently, one of the rumors is that the Steelers are the only team interested in Justin Fields. But there was also another rumor saying multiple teams have called Chicago to see what's out there. So, right and my now, question is, why is nobody interested in this guy? If he if he's such a, well, that's it's what like, I think. Like it, there's one rumor where it's just the Steelers, and the other is multiple teams have called. So. Because all well, I keep hearing the Steelers, right the Steelers are this betting uh, percentage. Oh, I, I, yeah. You know, this is what you're hearing everywhere. <laughs> Why is it that the Steelers are the only team that's named where the Steelers are the most desperate team out there? Is this guy just, uh, is he not that good? What? Why is the guy's stock so low? And before we go on and say that it's because he was a, a player for the Bears, which makes a lot of sense, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Can you give me a legit answer on why the guy has no interest? And in, in, from what you just said, obviously, we could turn uh, go down different roads. But prior to what you just said, and where it seemed like the Steelers are being the only team named, mm-hmm. what is it about him, Mike? What, what what's going on with Justin Fields? I, he uh, seems good, right? He's he's getting better year after year. I don't think he should have been drafted in the first round. Like he, uh, he he's one of those quarterbacks that you saw the ability there. I think he should have been like a second round third round pick and let him sit and watch him develop but they took him in the first round and threw him out there he's had up and, down success, up and down success um but like this year he started he started seeing like he was starting to put things together him and dj moore had a nice connection did mm-hmm. you know he's dj moore's been in the league in a while now this was his best year was with um his best receiver his yeah. best weapon yeah, and like that was Fields' best year, and that was DJ Moore's best year. So if I'm the Bears, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna add another receiver. I'm gonna go at number one and draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and add him another yeah. weapon, build my offense around him. That's what I would do. I like him and Caleb Williams. I, I think <laughs> you're gonna have you're gonna have a worse season than you did this year. If I'm a gambling man. I'm still saying I don't I don't care who the Bears bring in. This team stinks. They always yeah. think they've never not stunk except for one season, yeah. you know, in the Super Bowl era. And, I, I'm and not like sure the players, the that... players know it too. Like CJ Stroud was asked what, what should the Bears do? And he's like, Well, if they're smart, he, Justin Fields. And he's like, I would start Justin Fields, you know, if I'm the Bears, it would be smart. But then he like stopped himself and the reporter's like, Well, it's the Bears, they're not that smart. And he, he's like, You said it, not me. But players in the league know. <laughs> That yeah. you go there, it's a death sentence because they're not going to develop you correctly. Let me now, ask do you I this. think the Steelers should go get him? If we can get him for just a third round pick, I would do it, see what he has. But, you know. Let me ask you this, Mike. Uh, if you go right now and you type in NFL News or Steelers News, it's the pulled. worst, the, the, the biggest mistake that the Steelers can make this offseason, <laughs> according to a lot of sources, is not fixing their quarterback situation. And I don't think the Steelers are going to fix the quarterback situation in the way that most people think. Most Mm -hmm. people are talking about uh, uh, Kirk Cousins. Most people are talking about Justin Fields. Most people are talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill. The list goes on. You've seen the Mm -hmm. list. But at the end of the day, the Steelers say, you know what, we're going to go with what we have. We we, we, uh, committed to this kid as a starter. We've seen how the first couple seasons went. Mike, would it be a colossal mistake? For the Steelers not to address the quarterback situation this offseason. Depends on like if they say if they bring back Kenny and Mason, okay, run with it. I yeah. would be okay with it. Because you're gonna find because you're giving your first round pick 
one more chance. Because that's what you're going to do with your first round pick. You're going right. to give them multiple chances. You're at least giving them three seasons. Yeah, before, and then if it know. doesn't work, mm-hmm. okay. Then you have a guy who filled in last year, did pretty well in a small sample size that the other players responded well to. So I would be okay with that situation because on theory, on paper, we're built with a defense in mind to help us win games more than the offense right now. Uh, I mean, obviously, Mike, the Kenny Pickett production is what needs to be improved because the the fact of the matter is he's not a terrible quarterback. The guy doesn't put up terrible Mm -hmm. numbers. He just lacks numbers. And and, uh, if if Kenny Pickett would throw 20 touchdowns this season, let's say, and and keeps his interceptions to a minimum, at the end of this year, let's call it another playoff season. Let's say they get in and one and done. And, And with those numbers I just gave you. You find that as a success if you're the Steelers' front office because, again, the only thing that Kenny really has going against him is he's not uh, producing because he's not losing games. He's actually helping win games at the end of the game in certain situations. His numbers aren't terrible. He just needs to get better. What what, what would you say at the end of the season would be a success? I want to see. For Kenny Pickett um, at the end of a football season. Let's say. I mean, we we don't we all know that he's not going to be okay. he's not going to be like, Patrick uh, Mahomes. Like, kind of like no. um, close to like what Russell Wilson put up last year. Okay, That's three thousand yards. I think okay. Russ had like thirty touchdowns, but for Kenny, let's say twenty-five touchdowns okay. and like six interceptions. That's if he fair. can give That's me fair. that, I will take that. Three thousand yeah. yards, twenty-five touchdowns, six interceptions. Add in a couple rushing touchdowns yourself. Okay, that would be a huge jump and improvement to be like, okay, this is a guy you can win with. Because you can win with a quarterback putting up those kinds of numbers. Because we we were winning with a quarterback putting up the numbers. Putting up, putting you up. know, six because touchdowns. realistically, Mike, realistically, most teams wasn't going to beat that San Francisco team that we lost to. Most mm-hmm. teams, we found out, certainly wasn't going to beat the Houston team that ended yeah. up being a lot better than we, we thought they were. Jacksonville is a team that could uh, very well beat the Steelers on any given week from the beginning of their inception because yeah. they just have. It's been That's something. That's the team we can't, we can't win. So, again, again, it isn't like we're, uh, you know, it's a very weird situation that the Steelers have going on, but it's going to take this season but, for me for sure. I have to see what he can do in one more season. But, again, at the end of the day, there's going to be many that says that this is a colossal mistake by not fixing this problem yeah. um, and, and by fixing, you know, the, 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 the you know, everything that I'm, we're talking about yeah. all these other people, what happens if you spend all this money and you bring in Kirk cousins and, and he stinks, we do worse than we did with these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, like, a, it's a, I, see, a I wouldn't situation. be opposed to like, let's say if Russell Wilson gets released out in Denver and that's what it's sounding like a one year prove it deal. Yeah. Like, Hey, here's 15, 20 million one year prove it deal. That I would be okay with, but I don't want to give him a long-term deal. I don't want to give Kirk Cousins a long-term deal. The only only one I would would be Baker yeah. Mayfield. But yeah. I think the market for him is going to be overinflated. Oh, I do too. And I think you know what? I think Tampa Bay is going to be stupid to let him walk. If Tampa Bay had any sense in their head, because here's the thing: with the exception of Tom Brady, that team's never really had a good quarterback. Trent yeah. Dilfer back in the day, he was an, an All Pro. He did some things. You know, at the end of the day, Brad he was Johnson, Trent Dilfer. Was, you know, Brad Johnson took this team and won the Super Bowl. I, that was that defense. He's Brad Johnson. I think it's the smartest thing for Tampa Bay to keep Baker Mayfield, which I I would love to have. You know how I feel about Baker Mayfield. Yep. I think the guy's a baller. He he puts me in mind of Brett Favre. Is he gonna uh, have a Brett Favre career? I don't think. But you know what? As far as a play goes and his style and the way he is up here, he's a very Brett Favre type guy, and I like that. My um, like couple other things we do have to move on. We uh th- this is I I wanted to squeeze this in here because you know how we just love. Love with the big asterisk next to the word love the PFF. Mike, oh, this yeah. is the PFF's <laughs> highest graded regular season slash postseason edge defenders. And and again, this is something that uh, we beat to death. But I, I want to give you the final tally on what the PFF says oh, about yeah. the edge uh, rushers in the NFL. Number one being uh, Garrett with ninety three point nine, almost perfect. This dude can't do anything else. <laughs> Guys, in my in their opinion, and got to remember, this guy did not have a sack in his last seven games of the season. Number two, number two seems to be the other guy rising on on this list of uh, players is um, Micah Parsons. 
Number three, Nick Bosa. Number four, Max Crosby, which I don't disagree with. Number five, TJ Watt, which I don't disagree with. People put him at one. I don't think he's one. I don't think he's two. I think he's right around where he belongs at this point in his career. Uh, Khalil Mack being number six. Desmond, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, number seven, which is a name that I never, I, I didn't hear all season when it came to this. Uh, Andrew Van Ginkle, another name at number eight that I haven't heard all season in this conversation. Aiden Hutchison behind those two guys at number nine and number 10. Alex Highsmith snuck into the top 10 and is just games, baby. And is just one point behind Aiden Hutchison for pass rushing. Come on, Alex Highsmith. Think of how he pass rushed all year. Think of Aiden Hutchinson. If that don't tell you that this list is, is just yeah. complete and total bullshit, yeah. I, I don't know what does. And I like Alex Highsmith. We like Alex Highsmith. We we liked him since he was drafted, but no, no. I mean, to, to put him in this, no. to, to put him right behind Aiden Hutchinson on his on his ability yeah. to uh, to rush the passer. And like he does have a killer spin move, but I don't know. Like the I don't know. He had a he I'm should be having more sacks than what he has this year. Going across, you know, TJ Watson on the other side, you should be having more. Yeah, you think Aiden Hutchinson belongs tackle. behind Andrew Van Ginkle? Like, no. 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 Um, yeah. So there you go, guys. Andrew Van Ginkle. That's a that's a Andrew Van Ginkle jersey. <laughs> that's that sounds like someone who should be should have been playing baseball with Whitey Ford. Yeah. That's the guy that served up the uh, last home run to Whitey Ford in his career. Whitey Whitey Ford. That's just a great all-time baseball name. Uh, the NBA. The NBA is just proving more and more white as a joke, <laughs> guys. Steph Curry. Over the weekend in the All-Star festivities, beats Sabrina Linescu in the first ever NBA versus WNBA three-point contest at the uh, at the festivities. I would like to see him go up against Caitlin Clark. But again, you have the best three-point shooter possibly ever to play the game in the NBA pat, uh, matched up against one of the women shooters. Guys, I she? think the NBA is falling and falling no, that, fast. That was, a, and, that was and, the uh, best part of the weekend. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. That was the best part of the weekend. She was, she's the current best three pointer shooter in the WNBA. And she made what Steph Curry had 29 points. She had 26. That would have put her second in the men's, in the, against all the other men. Yeah. They went to, and again, when we get into the trivia, we are going to touch on this NBA all star game. So don't get too excited just yet, Mike. Also, one other thing that I do want to say is little Mac McClung is going back to the Z League. League. Uh, come on. The guy comes out of the Z League, wins the slam dunk contest. They send him back to the Z League. I, come on. This they league, put him on the shelf and take him off when they need him. I, I think the NBA is struggling. I think their All-Star weekend is the worst out of all of them, which I used to love the most when I was a kid growing up. I love slam dunk contests. I love three-point contests. I love rookie games. You know what? This league somehow is managing to fall by the wayside to every other league on the All-Star weekend. That's my opinion. Mike, uh, why don't you go and tell everybody about the website? TheChewedOnTheInjured.com. Over there, we have all of our social media links for, for Ryan and I. Merch stores over there. And we got the blog over there. And like I said, this week, I was supposed to start the uh, the first mock draft, but that will be coming up this Monday since I was sick all last weekend. We didn't get to do any work on it. So, yes, this Monday, the mock draft will be up at TheChewedOnTheInjured.com. Go check it out, everybody, www.v2dungeons.com. That's www.v2dungeons.com. A lot of cool things over there. Go check it out. When Mike puts his Vix rub down, he uh, actually gets time to work on <laughs> the website. I'm dying over here, bro. I lost my voice within the first nine minutes of the show, and I kept Hey, you're doing great. Through. I got to give you that. You're doing this great. This is my Jordan flu game, baby. There you go. This is my um, review after last bout of radiation game. Here's your all star. This is your this is your trivia of the day, guys. I'm gonna. It's gonna. This is gonna be it for. I'll be done with all star trashing after this. I promise. Are you sure? I like the all star games. I've always been a fan. You know, my Mike is Mike. Uh, take them or leave them. But I, I really, I really acknowledge that they they've started to stink lately over the past ten years. But let me ask you guys, the number one, the best, most viewed all-star game amongst the four major sports in this country, 
the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and NFL. Right now, the top of the floor is the NFL. Right now, the bottom, the bottom is the NHL. Really? The th- uh, yes. So with the top watched, viewed, All Star game being the NFLs and the bottom being the NHLs, the question of the day, guys, is of the two remaining, who is the second most watched All Star game? By viewer over the past 10 years. So the question is NFL is first, most watched. NHL is last, least watched of the remaining two. Which is the second best? Who's behind the NFL and viewed and in still having interest in their all star game of the remaining four um, American, major American sports? So go ahead and think about that, guys. Um, we are live, everybody. We're live five days a week, Monday through Friday, right here, 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. If you can't check out the show or you'd just rather listen to the show, we do take the show that we make every day live, and we upload it over on Spotify at 8 o'clock p.m. in podcast form. If you don't have a chance to listen to the show, maybe you're at the gym, maybe you're uh, just out taking a walk, put your earbuds in. You can always listen to our shows. Brand new ones up every day, 8 o'clock on Spotify. Check them out. All right, guys, here is the question of the day the four major sports in america baseball football basketball hockey of course the most watched all-star game of the major four is the nfl over the past 10 years the bottom is the nhl which leaves the nba and the mlb can you guys tell me who the second most popular and most viewed all-star game is over the past 10 years derpy i'm gonna start with you Who's the second most uh, watched all-star game? Number one being the NFL. Number four being the NHL. Who takes the number two spot, Derby? Is it baseball or is it basketball? I'm going to go with my passion, my heart. I'm going to go baseball. Baseball is number two for you. Interesting. I'm going to lock you in place, Derby. Mike, who is the second most popular, most viewed out of the four major sports one being football, four being, four being hockey. Is it baseball or basketball that takes the number two most viewed all-star game? I'm going with baseball as well. Baseball as well. So both you guys taking baseball? Baseball, baby. All right, you're locked in. All right, guys, so of the four major sports, all-star weekend is the point. Number one being football, number four being hockey. I'm looking for the second most viewed over the past 10 years. Both of the guys said the major leagues, baseball over the NBA. As a kid, I would have never believed this in a million years because, again, I was a huge fan of the slam dunk contest. But both of you guys are right. Baseball is the second most popular all-star game right now, right behind the NFL. Home run derby. Is that, is that what it is? People just like home run derby? Chicks, Chicks dig, dig the, long. the long ball? Chicks dig the long yep. ball, baby. Yep. Russian dingers. That's what I'm all about. Um, Mike, anything before we get ready to take off? Yeah, thanks for everyone watching. Well, I know Ryan's going to say that, but I do appreciate the day, especially enduring us while we're both sick and struggling through this. Really appreciate it. Derpy, anything before we get ready to take off? I am still requesting um, a Yami, uh, Yager uh a wig for uh, Mike. It's bald Derby, head, so. Derby, you get me that mullet wig, I will wear that mullet wig. Yep. Um, Don't I, be hating. Mine is this. Pittsburgh is the sixth loneliest city in America. What does this mean, guys? This means by people that live alone. In this country, the city of Pittsburgh is the sixth loneliest city in America. Not that we're all just lonely, depressed people, which most of us are. This is the city that's sixth for people who live alone. Um, that is my interesting fact Ooh. of the day. I also want to say thank you, everybody, for checking us out. We appreciate each and every one of you, of course. Uh, we couldn't, we wouldn't do it without you. We uh, want to say thank you to everybody on the board. You guys always keep it interesting. Um, I, I got one more thing I do want to say. Oh, Anybody okay. see these squatters? Anybody following this with these these squatters? These people are breaking into homes, and it's like a big problem in some states. And when the owners come home, 
they refuse to leave and say that it's their home, it's their residence. Hmm. And in a, in Georgia, it's it's really happening right now. People are breaking in to people that are on vacations houses. People are breaking into just abandoned houses. And when they're, uh, you know, when they're people confront them, no, we we live here. We uh we signed a lease. We knowing damn well that I pay the mortgage and I'm trying to find out why you're in my house. Yeah. And and guess what? The law is on their side in ways. You can't make these people leave. So. I don't know. Something that I found a little bit unbelievable and something a little crazy that's going on in our world today. And I, I wanted to sneak that in there as well. But the squatters, guys, keep an, keep an eye on this. I think this is really interesting. And um, where this goes going forward, I don't know. But I'm going to find out when Derpy goes on vacation and when he tries to go dig. back home. Uh, yeah. Me and my mullet. Way you and your on. mullet squatting yeah. in his house? Yeah. With, with, my, uh, with my lip balm. The my squatters. So there you go. Oh, with the lip balm again. Come on. For the third time, baby. I'm putting it on just for you, man. I need to get you some gel for your baldness. Dude, I, I fucking lotion this. Yeah. Shiny and bright. Don't be hating. We'll, we'll talk more about the squatters tomorrow. I, I have, I actually have a lot to say about this. But, guys, uh, again, we do want to thank everybody for checking us out. Mike Derpy, anything else? Speak now or forever. Nope. Hold your peace. Nope. I got nothing. Derpy. Buckle fever. Yeah. All right. There you go. Three days, Derpy. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you. We will be back tomorrow to do it all over again. We'll be back at 11 a.m. For Mike in the Steeler Central Mobile Studio for Derpy, myself, the two dumb users. Everybody have a great, great Wednesday, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 <laughs>